Welcome to The Boss Bar, brought to you by Boss Up Magazine. The Boss Bar is the official podcast for emerging entrepreneurs and successful business owners. Tune in each and every Thursday for an intimate conversation with the boss behind the business. Want to learn more about our guest? Simply go to bossupmag.org. I am your host, Destiny, and we have an amazing show lined up for you today. But first, a word from our sponsor. Hey, bosses. I know you're super busy building your empire, but if you're looking for an exciting way to spice up your love life, look no further than thecreamexperience.com. They design sensual greeting cards to help set the stage for lovemaking and provide a host of dating concierge services. So if you're always on the go like me, but still want to plan the perfect date night for that special someone, Cream has got you covered. Visit www.thecreamexperience.com and enter Boss Bar 5 at checkout for a discount on your order. That's www.thecreamexperience.com. Today on the Boss Bar, y'all are in for a special treat. We're talking with Vivian Kay, who is the founder and CEO of one of the top companies for high-quality natural hair extensions, Kinky Curly Yaki. On today's show, Vivian tells us how to get the most out of our influencer marketing campaigns. She shares a couple of branding techniques that she used to make her product stand out from the thousands of other hair companies. And she talks to us a little bit about how she was able to generate over a million dollars in sales her first year with no business degree, prior hair experience, or outside loans. Stay tuned to hear more from Vivian at the Boss Bar when we return. It's time for the Boss Move of the Week. The part of the show where we recognize everyday entrepreneurs and those giving back to the community. Now, if you've been following the show and listening to this segment of it, I always end up reaching back to my hometown of Detroit. I'm a Detroiter through and through, and this week is no different. Our first boss move of the week goes out to Covenant One Creations, which is an accessories brand from Detroit, Michigan. Uh, What they did this week to receive boss move of the week is that they got their LLC approved. This is a pretty big deal. Uh, If you don't know what an LLC is, it stands for Limited Liability Company. Basically, having an LLC um, helps to protect you against lawsuits. It also provides tax benefits, and it helps to present your business as being more credible. Now, I'm always a super fan of people taking that ne- that leap of faith and just jumping out into the unknown and getting it started. But once you get things started, you always should be looking for what's that next logical step to legitimize my brand and to protect your assets. So shout out to you, Covenant One Creations, for doing just that. And we look forward to hearing many, many more great things about the work that you're doing in Detroit and all over. <laughs> It's time for the show, (laughs) y'all. Today in the Boss Bar, we have Vivian Kay, and I'm so excited to talk to her today. She is the founder and CEO of one of the top companies for textured hair care extensions, Kinky Curly Yaki. So Kinky Curly Yaki is a top hair company that specializes in high-quality, kinky, curly, and natural-looking hair extensions. You know you need this, ladies. <laughs> kinky Curly Yaki is 100% black-owned and operated, and they also partner with and support black women entrepreneurs all over the world through a bunch of different affiliate programs, content partnership programs, and product development opportunities. So... She's definitely giving back. Welcome to the show, Vivian. So glad to have you here today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited to uh, talk to you. This is actually my second time interviewing you. I think the first time <laughs> we were talking, um, we talked a little bit more about your travels and a little about your business, but it was mostly about travel on the Sly Girl Adventures blog. But today we're diving deep into your business and your brand. 
Yes, can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I see since the last time we talked, you started your own uh, Instagram uh, sh- a live show called Mind Your Own Business. Oh. Yes, yes. So, uh, so yeah, Mind Your Own Business is basically the show for entrepreneurs um, where we basically, t- well, you know, every single week I'll have new guests. Um, and we talk about all things entrepreneur e. Yes, that's, I made that into a word. But um, yeah, so I answer, uh, you know, I answer questions, and then we tackle anything and anything and everything that's related to your business, your mindset, and your money. So yeah, it's every week, uh, every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Instagram Live. Okay, and what is your Instagram um, name? If people want to catch you, Instagram. Yeah, it's at. It's Vivian K, so it's I-T-S-V-I-V-I-A-N-K-A-Y-E. Awesome, awesome. So let's get into the logistics of your business and uh, who you are and your background. Um, let's talk about Kiki Curly Yaki. Let's uh, give our listeners an a idea of what your company is and what you represent. Yeah, so Kinky Curliaki is uh, textured hair extensions, clip-ins, and now ponytails for black women. Um, now, I started this business back in 2012 um, when I saw that there was a gap in the market. Um, so before Kinky Curliaki, I had a business uh, where I did weddings. And for those weddings, I needed to look, quote-unquote, presentable. And we mm-hmm. all know what that, you know, what that <laughs> means. <laughs> Straight here. So, yeah, basically. Um, but I wanted something that looked authentic on me um, and suited my lifestyle. So when I went searching for kinky textured hair extensions, I found that they were buried underneath, you know, the Malaysians and the Brazilians and, you know, those exotic textures. Mm, yeah. um, but I was tired of that whole African in the front and Indian in the back. So <laughs> I wanted to find, yeah, I wanted textures that looked like it grew out of my head. Leave out um, issues. <laughs> yeah, I was tired of that leave out, that leave out debacle. Like if it didn't blend and then you had to put a headband on top of it, like it was a whole thing. I was tired of it. Mm-hmm. And so then, um, and so when I saw that most, a lot of companies buried their kinky textures, I thought, wow, you know, there are no companies that are just selling kinky textures. Um, but, you know, it was sort of a thought that just sort of, you know, popped into my head and then filed it into the back of my brain because I already had a successful business going. Mm. Um, and it wasn't until uh, I went to a black girl meetup and uh, like, you know, it was like a networking event. And, okay. a black, you know, a woman came up to me and said, and she asked me who my hairdresser was and what my regimen was. And I would be, and I was like, girl, it's a weave. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, oh, my goodness, I would totally buy that. And that's when the light bulb went off because if she would buy it and I bought it, then, you know, there's got to be other women like me. Like, there's got to be. <laughs> right? Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. So in the down season of, um, of my wedding business, I launched Kinky Curly Yaki, and that was in December of 2012. Okay. Um, and then it immediately took off. Wow. Um, you know, yeah, and it's funny because I didn't really, I started it off as a side hustle to my other, to my full-time business, mm. um, and then it quickly took over. So, yeah, it's, it's been, a, it's, and it's been six years now, so, yeah. So it was a side a hustle side to side. a side hustle. Yeah, it was a side hustle to a side hustle. <laughs> <laughs> that's really, that's really cool. Now, a lot of people yeah. would say that the hair extensions market is oversaturated. I mean, you have... Tens of thousands of people popping up every day, like, oh, I sell this hair, I sell that hair, yeah. get your hair here. How, how were you able to make your product unique? So at the time, as I mentioned earlier, there were no companies just selling kinky textured hair extensions. Okay. So, um, so basically, when I launched in December of 2012, like, I'm the OG of the niche, of a niche, of a niche, right? Mm-hmm. Because... What it is, is, and that's a mistake that a lot of people are making nowadays, if you're going to open up a, a weave, especially in an oversaturated market like weaves, you have to niche it. Mm-hmm. So I always mm-hmm. like to compare it to when you, go to the, when you go to the bread section at Walmart or Target or Whole Foods or wherever you shop, you'll notice that there's a whole wall of bread. And it's all bread. Mm-hmm. They're all branded differently or they're in a specific niche. So bread, that's bagels, that's flatbread, that's wrap, that's, you know, Weight Watchers bread. 
that's raisin <laughs> bread. Like there's all sorts of different bread, but it's all bread. But how these companies are able to stay on the shelves is that they niche their product. So if you're going to come out and you know also sell white bread, then you might as well sell thin white bread or Texas mm-hmm. toast white bread or mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like make it make it something it. that will stand out. Exactly. So really what it is you got to solve someone's problem. So someone mm-hmm. like someone's like, okay, well you know what? I really like white bread, but I don't want the calories. So what? You make white thin bread and reduce the calories. Right, so that you're able to appeal to that very specific demographic of people who like white bread but don't want the calories. So same mm. thing with wheat. So if you're going to, you know, and that's with anything that anyone feels is oversaturated. There's room for everybody. There's money for everybody. Mm. It's just you have to make whatever you're doing very specific to appeal to a very specific demographic of people and stick to it. Okay. Because if you're going to come out and start a weave company and you're just selling, you know, bundles that you're drop shipping from, from AliExpress, you're, you, there's nothing special about that. Exactly. But let's just say you only stuck to doing, you know, uh, let's say Brazilian textures and mm-hmm. only 14 inches and shorter, right? So now mm-hmm. you're, you're appealing to a specific demographic of women who like the Brazilian hair texture mm-hmm. but only wear, they only wear 14 inches or shorter. Yeah. Like that's a very specific niche of people. So that's, I mean, that's my, that's my, um, like that's, that's my number one thing that I tell people is niche it. If you think whatever you're doing is oversaturated, it's because you haven't niched it enough. That makes sense. That makes a whole lot of sense. Now, who is your uh, target market and consumer? Um, I mean, I kind of, we kind of can figure out what the demographics, what they look like, but what are, what are their background? What's their background? Like what, what are they into? Uh, well, our target demographic is between 25 to 45. Um, mm-hmm. So these are black women. Um, they're educated. Uh, they, they likely don't have children, so they have disposable income. Um, and they're working, um, they're mostly working um, corporate jobs. Okay. So these are the women that, um, like, it's a very, it's a very specific demographic of women. Of course, we, you know, we have, we, you know, any woman that wants to, any black woman that wants to wear, we can wear our products, but there's a very, there's a very specific group of women that we find are, um, are the, our best consumers because these are the ones that aren't price sensitive. Um, okay. They're more after, they're after quality as opposed to, you know, quantity. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we're able to serve, who, like, you know, we, we are always help, trying to help us out. We have student <laughs> discounts. We have military discounts. We do sales all the time. That's um, good. But, yeah, so that's, yeah, so we're, you know, we have a, we run the gamut from, you know, I've seen girls who are in prom doing prom buying our hair to, you know, we've got women 65 plus who, um, who are wearing our, who are rocking our hair as well. So, so yeah, we, we, we serve assistance. We help assistance. <laughs> that's really that's really good that you're able to um, you know definitely target down who you're looking for and who your consumer is. I think a lot of times people they sometimes get discouraged because they run into people saying, oh, it's too costly, or they don't want to pay the price they're being uh, asked. And I think, like you said, you have to um, target who your audience is. That's really really important. Mm-hmm. Well, the funny thing about that is that we all, you know, I get customers who say your stuff is too expensive. Um, you know, I remember seeing an email the other day where a customer flat out said, who do you think we are? We're not all Beyonce. <laughs> and, you know, at first it hurt my feelings, but then what I realized is she is not my customer. Yeah, Because I absolutely. have customers who, you know, every, you know, every three months or every year or whatever it is, they buy like clockwork. They never use discount codes. Mm-hmm. And they just say, you know, they don't even let me, they, I, we don't know, like, they don't even know, we don't even know they exist, I guess you could say, because mm-hmm. they don't post pictures, they don't, because they want everybody to, they were fooling everybody, right? They want to, <laughs> well, and that, that, I think that's the beauty that, of your company. Buy, you know, yeah, they just, they just post and they just like, no girl, it's my hair. I'm not saying anything about it. You are my best kept secret, right? <laughs> so, you know. People who are saying, you know, you're expensive and, you know, so-and-so sells it cheaper, I then, you know what, you are not my customer. Mm-hmm. You are not who I'm aiming this product to. Mm-hmm. If you feel like I'm too expensive, then go to the person who, who, who can, you can afford. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be hurt. 
Right. And that's the thing is that there's so many other options that it really it really shouldn't offend anybody. I mean, everybody no. can get what they want in this scenario. You just may not have right. the quality hair that you want. Right, exactly. Like, if, listen, I've had customers that say, you know, I would rather buy it you know, three times from China for, like, let's just say if I have a product that's $90. They mm-hmm. would rather buy it three times from China at $30 a pop because they can afford that $30 at the time instead of saving that money to spend $90. And it's like, girl. Yeah. But I, that, again, those are not my customers. Oh, so even when people, yeah. so I, you know, that's another thing that, you know, for entrepreneurs, you have to keep that in mind. There will always be customers that will come to you and say, so-and-so does it cheaper, so-and-so does it this. So there's always going to be a so-and-so that does it better, cheaper, or and faster. You have mm-hmm. to choose what you want to be known for. If you want to be known as cheaper, then fine, you know, deal with the cheaper. But I wanted Kinky Curly Yaki to be known as premium quality at a reasonable price. Mm. That's great. Right? So, yeah, and, so, and that's what I think that I build my brand, and that's the quality, you know, the quality stands behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I've seen the thirty dollar hair; it looks good. It's like it's like beauty supply store hair. Uh, you wear it one time and then yeah. you know that's it. It's over. It's not. No, no, it's not worth <laughs> it at all. It's definitely not. I've, I have hair that I've had for six years on a wig, and, and nobody they'll be like, "Oh, did you just get your hair?" I'm like, "No, girl, I've had this unit <laughs> forever." So I definitely yeah. quality is definitely um, something that you want to invest in for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about numbers and overall success of uh, the company. Um, thinking about like where you started off at and kind of where you are now, can you create a picture of um, where you guys are as a company, Kinky Curly Yaki? Yeah, so when we started back in 2012, um, you know, so if we're just going to do a year, uh, by the time we got to December 2013, um, we were roughly just just under half a million dollars in revenue. Wow. Um, and that was, yeah, and that was the first year. So, of course, that sort of had my eyes open, right? Like, mm. oh, wow, this is really doing well. And at the time, I was still running my other business. Okay. Um, and so then by the time we got to, um, you know, 2014, I had my son. So, you know, it slowed down a little bit because, you know, I had a baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. so I had to take the time to, to do that right. But um, by the time we got, by the time I got back, um, like back into the swing of things would have been like around September of 2014. So when I, you know, when I came back from my quote unquote mat leave, um, that's when I really started to scale because what I found was when I, you know, while I was quote unquote off, a bunch of other companies had popped up. Mm. And so then, yeah, so I created competition basically because okay. this was a niche that didn't really exist before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then by the time we got to, uh, say, December 2016, I had hit my first million. Wow. And then wow. year over year, we've done, you know, a million plus in sales. That's yeah. really amazing. Uh, now, when yeah. you first started off, um, was it just you running this mm-hmm. business? Yep. I ran this business by myself up until 2016. Wow. Yep. And now how many people do you <laughs> employ? That's, that's really, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, well, now I have, a team of, uh, I have a team of five. Okay. Uh, so I have two customers, uh, you know, one, someone that does customer service, someone that does the fulfillment, someone that does email, and someone that runs Facebook, and then myself. Um, so, yeah, I've got, so all together we're a team of five. That's really great. That's um, a really yeah. great show of kind of where you were at the beginning and where you are now. Now, looking forward, where is Kinky Curly headed? Um, well, Kinky Curly Yaki is headed towards, um, you know, it's sort of, it's sort of, it's a sort of a struggle because um, scaling is such scaling is such an interesting thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, the next logical step would be to do something like wholesale or, um, you know, work with salons um, or even get into, you know, beauty supply stores. But mm-hmm. I, I just sort of, it's, but it's, it's sort of a catch 22 because in order to do that, you need, fu- you need money. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, in order to have your, your your products in all these different places, you need money to do that. And that's and I bootstrapped this business, so I didn't take any outside loans, um, or you know, or have uh, you know, use credit cards or whatever to start the business. I built this from zero, 
Um, And so now in order to do that, um, I need outside money. So Mm -hmm. that's something, so it's something that I, you know, and when you take outside money, that means now other people have a say in your business. Mm -hmm. So right now I'm sort of at a, a crossroads as to whether or not I really want to scale that much and to have other people have say in my business or do I just want to keep it as it is um, and just keep providing the quality customer service and the quality um, products that we've always had um, just at, you know, a, at, a, at a manageable scale for myself. So that's, you know, so that's something I'm, I'm, I'm currently, you know, struggling with, I guess you could say. Okay. Uh, but yeah, yeah, good problems to have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Before we go to break, I want to just ask you, were there any hindrances that kind of face, that you faced uh, being a black woman in the business world? And obviously you're still a success, so how did you get past those hindrances? Um, Really it was just, the only real hindrances, I guess, were within myself. And that's, I think that happens with a lot of entrepreneurs. Um, you know, especially with the fact that I don't, I do not have a background in hair. I'm not a hairstylist. I'm not even, I don't even have a college degree. I don't know anything about wow. running an e I didn't know anything about running an e-commerce business. Mm. And on top of that, I became a mom in the midst of it. Um, <laughs> so, you know, when I, you know, when I went, when I looked back and saw that I'd made a million dollars, I'm like, how the hell did I do that? But I knew exactly <laughs> how I did it, but it didn't look the way I thought it would have. Right. Because mm-hmm. everyone has this preconceived notion or, you know, especially with all this entrepreneur porn, that stuff happens overnight. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it happens because I had a I had a Harvard degree and my dad gave me one hundred thousand to start the business. I didn't have any of that. <laughs> Just a small Yet, I still, Yeah. Right. But I still I still managed to do it. So I have this I have a bit of imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. I keep thinking the other shoe is going to drop. Like, they're going to find me out. They're going to find out that I'm not <laughs> as smart as I think I am, right? And so it's really, it's really just something within myself. So that's, you know, and it's something that, you know, to this day I still, I still battle with. Um, you know, even, you know, coming on podcasts like this, I'm like, what? what? I don't know anything. But then, oh, you, know, I, I, you know, I'm downplaying my own greatness. Right. So, yeah, uh, so, so, I yeah. think um, <laughs> imposter syndrome is something that a lot of entrepreneurs and overachievers and successful people deal with because a lot of things come so easily to us that it just seems like, hey, guys, you're congratulating me on this. But honestly, I really could have if I had just a little bit more time, I really could have made it even better or right. I don't want them right. to know. Like, you know what I mean? So. I, I think it's it's a sign that you know that you can do more, but you also have to look back and realize uh, how great you've come, how far you've come. Right, right. <laughs> if networking with people headed to the top is something you enjoy, the Cupcakes and Conversation Tour is an event you do not want to miss. Meet us in Wilmington, Delaware on July 20th, where we will be sharing the ins and outs of being a boss with people making major boss moves. This event will have cupcakes, mimosas, guest speakers, and more. Go to www.bossupmag.org to get your tickets today. That's www.bossupmag.org. Hey bosses, are you interested in promoting your business on a global scale? Do you need help to formulate a strategic message for your clients? Would you like to possibly have your products and services showcased in print, digital, television, or perhaps even this podcast? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you should definitely consider advertising with Boss Up Magazine. Boss Up Magazine is the official place where bosses make power moves. We offer affordable solutions that empower businesses to level up by promoting their brand on a higher scale. Don't delay. Contact us now at info at bossupmag.org to make your boss move today. That's info at bossupmag.org. And now, back to the show.
And we're back with Vivian Kay from Kinky Curly Yaki, and we're talking to her about her journey to become a boss in the hair industry. Um, so we talked a little bit about the logistics and what your numbers were and what the successes were, but I really want to dig deep. Um, a lot of our listeners are future entrepreneurs or current entrepreneurs themselves, and um, a lot of questions come up just wondering about how do you get started. So um, we all know to get started, it takes money. So can you tell me a little bit more about how you were able to secure the funds to get started? I know you said you didn't go into any debt. So how were you able to get that money to make your dreams come true? Um, well, I made sure. Well, first of all, like I, I started with nothing. So I literally put, my, put the goods up for sale. So I put the hair up for sale. And I priced it at a point where if someone bought one, then I could buy two. Mm. So, um, and that's how I started. And I literally started it in a rubber, you know, those Rubbermaid drawers, those, those bins mm -hmm. with their yep. drawers. I literally, that was my inventory. So if a customer would buy one or two or whatever it was, then I would double whatever I would buy. So mm. I didn't, you know, I personally didn't um, take any money from the company up until, um, I want to say, you know, two two years in. Mm. So I would take whatever profits I would make, and I would buy more inventory. Um, and so then that's a lot of that's a mistake a lot of people make. They think they got to go big or go home. You just got to start small, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Um, you know, you start with you know you you start with one product, um, and then you make sure that works, and then you can branch out into other things. So. For example, I started out with just the wax. So I started out, I think, with only doing 14, 16, and 18. That's what I started out with. Okay. And then as the company grew, I added more lengths. And then I added, and I also started with only, uh, I want to say, five textures. Okay. To okay. make sure that I covered the range. So, um, so I only started with wax. And I only did 14, 16, and 18. And then as the business grew, um, I added more lengths. And then I added, um, I started adding more SKUs. So I started, you know, I started, uh, sorry, I added closures. And then I added clip-ins. Um, and then, you know, as of uh, a few weeks ago, we added ponytails. I saw that. So, um, yeah, so we, and, you know, we, we also had wigs. But, you know, you, sometimes you have to make decisions as to, you know, how much inventory you want to carry and do you want to become all things to everyone. Mm -hmm. So I made the decision to discontinue wigs in place of, carrying ponytails. Okay. Um, and that's only so we could maximize our marketing efforts and maximize our marketing dollars. Um, yeah. And to yeah. provide the best quality at reasonable qualities and, and within reasonable time frames. Um, and wigs tended, wigs would take, you know, longer than, than what mm -hmm. people were willing the to The turnaround for. time. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. yeah, I think that's something that's really commendable. Um, I appreciate companies mm -hmm. that aren't willing to compromise their quality uh, for profit. You know, sometimes these mm -hmm. hair companies, they get really big, and they start off doing really great because they're working with a particular vendor. They can really source that hair really well, but as they get bigger and bigger, they're like, oh, let me see, how can I maximize my profit and get more money off of these people? But then their quality goes down in the dumps. And that's horrible. Exactly. Yeah, and that's part of the reason why, I, you know, I'm sort of struggling with the scale because it's like we're known for our quality. If we start mm -hmm. to scale, mm -hmm. then something's got to give, mm -hmm. right? So, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> following through with uh, funding and capital, um, have you ever secured any uh, corporate sponsorships or partnerships with anyone? Um. Well, no, I mean, we've worked with, so we work with, um, like, we'll do, like, in-kind in site type, I guess, uh, partnerships. Okay. So we tend to do them with hair brands, so hair care okay. brands. So our latest one is with Girl Plus Hair. Um, so what they do is they do, they created uh, protective styling products. Mm. Um, so we work with them. Yeah, so okay. we do, you know, we'll do marketing with them. Um, and also um, we did a little, we did a thing with um, African Pride. Okay. Um, where again That's we good. yeah so they launched the protective styling yeah so they launched the protective styling line um, so we worked with them to help promote it um, but yeah we tend to work with companies that that make sense I guess you could say that mm -hmm. that sort of are in line with what we in line with what we do um, but yeah 
What, so what was that process like? Did you have to reach out to them or did they reach out to you? Did you make like a whole pitch or how did that work? Um, well, we, you know, when, when you're in this, this world, you know, people just sort of, you just sort of know each other. So the first group, actually, so, sorry, the first company we did something like that with was Eden Body Works. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with Eden Body Works, um, I met Y. Lori, um, and, you know, we had some synergy, and we had, you know, we, we thought, you know, we need to work together. And because we're serving the same audience, um, it makes sense, right? So um, she said, hey, I would, love to, I would love to send you some product, and then you would put it into your, your orders. So mm-hmm. basically we would be giving out um, product samples to, to our customers, Okay. Um, and so then, yeah. So it's not. It, they just sort of happen. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I haven't pitched. I haven't pitched any companies. Okay. Um, but um, but yeah, that's just it. Just sort of happened organically. Um, but I'm not beyond like I would pitch companies, but I'm just so focused on trying to make sure what I have is right before mm-hmm. you know before I would actually entertain doing you know pitching to other companies to work with us. But but yeah. Yeah. So uh, I hear a lot of people say, make sure that you pay yourself first. Do you pay yourself first? And how much of your profits do you put back into your business now at this point? Um, well, ba- yeah. So, yes, I do, I do pay myself. Um, I need to because this is my <laughs> only job. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, so with the profits, yes, I, I mean, outside of the overhead, um, we, yeah, I put one, I put 100% back into the business. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of it goes towards marketing, um, and overhead that's overhead and marketing costs a lot. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Do, you, do you feel like it's worth it? It's marketing. Anyway? Uh, I feel, I feel like it is, especially okay. when you do it correctly. Um, okay. Like I wouldn't, like I wouldn't, you know, blow twenty five grand and, and put up a billboard because for us that doesn't yeah. make any sense. Yeah, um, you're so go, Yeah, exactly. So we go where it makes sense. Okay. Um, like in the past, we would do a lot of expos. Those made mm-hmm. a lot of sense, especially mm-hmm. with a hair with hair extensions, um, mm-hmm. because people mm-hmm. like to touch and feel the hair yeah. and know that it's real. Um, but the problem with doing expos is that people don't necessarily buy on the spot because no one goes to an expo saying, I'm going to drop $200, right? Yeah. Uh, so people like to come and they like to touch and feel, and then they make a purchase at a later point. So mm-hmm. there, are, there are times when you need to make investments on the, on the front end mm-hmm. um, that don't necessarily have the return, like don't have the ROI in the beginning, but at a later point, it does because we've had customers that say, "Yes, I saw you at a show two years ago, um, and I've been watching you ever since." Um, <laughs> and now, but I, but now that I've touched it and I've seen the quality, I know that I it's absolutely good. want it. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely want it. Exactly. Now, how would yeah, you say? Um, yeah, how would you say uh, technology and social media has impacted your uh, social media? I mean, your uh, marketing plan. Oh, it's it's 100%. Like I was on, we were on Instagram um, back in 2000, I think, yeah, back in 2013, so early 2013. And Instagram had just started, I think, in 2011. Mm. So we were one of the first brands to actually, like I would say social media absolutely grew my business. Um, Mm. And that's how I I got traction because I was in Facebook groups um, and on Facebook especially. Um, So, yes, it's, it's, crucial to your business. It's a marketing platform. Um, what people see, what people, the mistake that some people make is that they use it for, they, they strictly rely on it for sales. Instagram, mm-hmm. social media, et cetera, is not a sales funnel. Like it's, it's, a, it's part of the sales funnel. So it's a marketing piece to help brand your company, to give people, uh, to give your company a, a lifestyle, a, a tribe, like to give it that voice. But, um, if you're expecting, okay, I made a post today, I should have three sales, that's not going to happen. <laughs> you still have to go out and do the work. You still have to do the work. Um, yeah. But what it is is, you know, when people hear about your company, the first thing they're going to do is check social media. Exactly. So it's basically a place to give your, your brand a voice and to give it, um, to make it human mm-hmm. um, and, mm-hmm. to, and to educate your consumer, to educate your consumers. 
Yeah. I think a lot of people make the mistake of thinking that um, their social media followers, like you said, will translate into sales or they, that they think that they own their social media followers. And I remember mm-hmm. uh, Facebook and Instagram, they had all went down a couple weeks ago, and people yep. were freaking out. But uh, one of my friends, uh, she's Lady Boss Blogger, she always stresses the importance of having your own list, having your own list of yep. email, yeah, where you can send out newsletters. Like you own those people, but your followers yep. on these social media platforms, you really don't own them. Like nope. you're <laughs> – I mean, it's helpful, but they can be gone tomorrow. So it's really important exactly. to kind of have that backup. Exactly. Absolutely. So you need your own email list and you need your own website. So Instagram and Facebook are not your website. Um, yeah. They are, you know, they're accessories. They're, they're mm-hmm. easily, like, you know, easily accessible for your customers, and there's nothing wrong with that. But you absolutely cannot rely on that because if Facebook decides to ban you, someone reports you, someone <laughs> hacks you, all that goes away. Yeah, <laughs> and guess then what? You, you have your, nothing. Your business is done. Yeah, and then, you know, they, you know they, they say about that with Instagram stores and Instagram models. Like if those if those if those go down, there goes your store. There goes your business. There goes your modeling career. So make <laughs> sure you have something outside of your social media channels. Now, what would you say has been um, the best investment that you've made thus far in your business? I would say it would be in people. In the people, um, having the right people in your business is is important, um, especially um, when you're in a uh, in a product business. Um, you know the products can speak for themselves, but it's the people behind it that help make the experience what it is. So, um, you know, I you know, and I hate to say this, but a lot of black businesses have a, a bad reputation of not having good customer service. Mm-hmm. So I've made it a point to give the best customer service within reason, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what we do, so I, you know, I, I give my, my customer service reps, um, you know, the power to make decisions on my behalf and the best, you know, and, and make sure that it, both of our interests are represented. So, you know, if you're a customer that, you know, um, has a legitimate complaint and, you know, we'll do everything in our power to, to to resolve that for you. Um, but, you know, you need to find the right people to help execute that. Mm-hmm. Um, so because I run a small business, um, I didn't want to work with people who I felt wouldn't care or would mm-hmm. just treat it like, you know, another nine to five. So I, I took my time with hiring. Um, I found that when I rushed to hire because we were scaling and I needed people, that that was a big mistake. Um, so, you know, one of the things I always tell people is to, is to hire slow and fire fast um, because, yeah, because that, that, that is a good tip. That is yeah, a very good hire tip. Hire slow, fire fast um, because these people are representing your business. Um, and if you can't trust them to make simple decisions, then not sure why they're there. Yeah, that, that made a whole lot of sense to me. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, moving into the uh, inspirational uh, portion, um, tell us about a time where, you know, you learned a lesson the hard way. <laughs> That's super inspirational, right? Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, did I learn the lesson the hard way? Um, I would, you know, let's go back to hiring someone. Um, so we were scaling, the business was growing. Um, I wanted to divvy up tasks. So, you know, I wanted someone to strictly deal with customer service and I wanted someone to strictly deal with, um, with fulfillment. Um, and so then I decided to hire, um, you know, a friend of the, of someone that worked here already. Um, and what I found was that, you know, because I was desperate to have someone else in place, um, but I wasn't able to properly train them. Mm. Um, and so, and that's another thing that I, you know, if I start, when I tell people starting businesses now is to make sure you have systems and documents in place, make sure Mm. you're writing out everything at the beginning so that when you do hire someone in, you're not doing a brain dump, right? It's hard when you're, when you bring someone in, now you've got to, you got to dump everything that you've done 
into their brains, and then mm-hmm. when they don't do something right, you're wondering why they didn't catch it when you said it the first time. Whereas if it's all documented, they can simply refer to this document that outlines everything, and, it's, and they're able to do it. And then when you hire other people, everyone's hiring, everyone's looking at that document, and everyone's doing it per the document. Um, so the biggest mistake was to hire someone des- because I was desperate, mm-hmm. um, but then I had to fire them because they were not the right fit for the job. So that was a pretty hard lesson to learn because I felt like, you know, I'd wasted all that time and energy and money on someone that didn't last and mm-hmm. it wasn't a fit. Yeah. What's uh, one piece of advice that you would give to an uh, entrepreneur that's uh, getting ready to get started with their business but scared to take the next step? Take the next step. Just take it. There's nothing like there's you, if you like if you let yourself fall down that 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 rabbit hole of perfectionism, you'll never get started. Oh well, I'll just wait till I have some money. Oh, I'll just wait till my kids are older. Oh, I'll wait till you know I've learned that. Just start. No business. What would I read the other day? The other day they said Coca-Cola started by only selling 25 bottles their first year. It's Coke, and look where Coca-Cola is now, right? Um, yeah. I started my business, and all I had was a Rubbermaid bin, five drawers <laughs> and, you know, one piece of, one bundle of hair in each that represented each texture. And now I'm in a thousand-foot warehouse. But I started wow. somewhere, and I just started. So a lot of people think they have to have all this stuff in place in order to get started. No, you just need to start. Mm-hmm. You just need to start. Everything else will fall into place. You have heard that, um, you know, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. You'll, yep. never be, yep. you'll never be ready. If you wait until you're ready, you'll never, ever be ready. You just have to go for it and do it. You can, you can try to plan as much as you can, but honestly the best um, learning experience and the best preparation is actually doing it and looking back and saying, how can I fix this? How can I make it better moving forward? Exactly. And you know what else? You're going to fail you are absolutely going to fail at something, okay? And yeah. you shouldn't be afraid of that. So many, I'm afraid it's going to fail. And if you fail, at least you tried. Yeah. Right? And even if you do fail, it's a, you have to look at it as a lesson, mm-hmm. right? Like I remember when I, first started, when I first started selling bundles, I wanted to be different from everyone else, so I used these fancy pipe cleaners to wrap the hair. I cleaners, like, but I look at it now, I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? <laughs> but you know what? I had to fail at that in order to, you know, to get to where I am today, right? Yeah. And I wouldn't have, and I wouldn't have failed had I not tried, mm-hmm. right? So you just have to just, you just have to have your mind and your heart open to having more success in your life. And in order to have more success in your life, you have to fail. Yeah, I, I totally and, agree And plus, it'll be that. sweeter. It'll be, that success will be so, so much sweeter. Mm. Trust me. (laughs) Mm. Now, uh, do you have any mentors or coaches in your life? Like, how how do you motivate yourself to get up and keep going every day uh, with this business? Or is it just so easy because you're successful now, you're at the pinnacle of your career? How do you, how do you keep Uh. motivated? Honestly, um, it's not that it's hard to be motivated. Being motivated every day, like even I'm not motivated any, but every day. And anyone who says that they're motivated every day is lying. <laughs> yeah. But what it is is that I am a big, I'm a stickler for consistency. Mm. Consistency is what builds a successful business. Um, so what I've been consistent in is I've created a routine for myself um, surrounding the business and my and my and my my son. Um, and then also, um, I've just con- been consistent in doing everything. So it's like, okay, so if, um, if I'm going to do this product or I'm going to market it this way, then I have to be consistent in doing that marketing in order to see what the results are. So I'm not going to do something once and then, okay, give up. No, that's not, that's not how it works. You have to keep mm-hmm. trying and you have to keep tweaking. Um, so then that, you know, and honestly, I've always been my own my own cheerleader. Yeah. You ha- and you know what? You have to be, I have to be. And especially because I'm a single mom. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I have to do what I have to do. So I'm not motivated every day. I was not motivated today. <laughs> Absolutely not. I wish I could have <laughs> stayed home and just kept, you know, drop my son off at school and go home and go back to sleep. But you know what? 
I have to be consistent. I have to, you know, I have to do the things. And, you know, every single day you're not going to want to do this stuff. And you're not going to be motivated to do it every day. But the deal with being an entrepreneur is it's day in and day out, 28, you know, what did they say, 25, 8. Mm-hmm. It's 25 hours a day, 8 hours a week. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's something that you have to do. But I'm passionate about what I do. I'm passionate about helping black women feel mo- feel confident in themselves mm-hmm. and being their own beautiful. I'm confident in helping, like, you know, there's a, with my Mind Your Own Business, I'm confident in helping side hustlers and, and other entrepreneurs build their own businesses. Why? Because I was able to do it. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to have all that sexy Harvard and money and all that stuff in place. You just have to start. Yeah, you so that's what that's what yeah yeah that's my that's my like you know that's my mentor and you know my my inspiration or you know my 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 why is my is my ex so my son is Xavier so X is my Y okay right? so X is your Y X is my Y yeah <laughs> <laughs> so he's the reason why I I I continue to do my best every single day because he's watching he's watching Aww. me. You know, yeah. as a mom, as a as a black woman, as a, just a black person, as a human being, I need him to know that he cannot let anything and any obstacles or any adversities get in his way mm. to live his best life. That's that's really beautiful, and I think that's a perfect time for us to go to our commercial break. Uh, we've been talking to Vivian Kay from Kinky Curly Yaki just about her journey and uh, the success that she's had with her hair company. After the break, Vivian and I will share some helpful resources to help you build your business, and we'll get into our listener letter in the Ask the Boss segment. Stay tuned. The Boss Bar Podcast will be right back after these messages. Hey bosses, I want to talk to you about a new accessories brand called Covenant One Creations. Covenant One Creations is based in Detroit, Michigan and is the best place to get your summer gear. With a variety of unique options from hats and phone cases to t-shirts and hoodies, Covenant One Creations has got you covered. Go to www.covenantonecreations.com and enter offer code BOSSBAR10 at checkout for 10% off your order. What are you waiting for? Go to www.covenantonecreations.com today. And you're listening to the Boss Bar Podcast. This is your host, Destiny, and I'm here today with Vivian Kay, who is the founder and CEO of Kinky Curly Yaki. It's time now for Boss Tools, the segment in our show where we share helpful tips that you can use in your business. If you have a tool or you think our listeners would benefit from, send a message to bossbarpod at gmail.com. So guys, um, my tool is something that uh, you can use on Instagram. It's an app that you get on your phone. It's called Planoli. And Planoli is basically an app that makes it super easy to manage, plan, and schedule Instagram posts from your computer and mobile phones. I know sometimes, like, I struggle. I wake up in the morning and try to get some content together, and then I'm like, oh, man, I don't really want to post this right now, or I want to post something later, but I may have a meeting later. Um, But with Planoli, you can schedule the posts. You can also figure out what your feed is going to look like. So now I'm able to kind of, in the beginning of the week, set up my whole schedule for the whole entire week. And um, it's been so, so, so much helpful for me to do it in that way. So you guys should check it out. It's called Planoli, and it's available, I'm pretty sure, on um, all um, downloading services. So what about you? Um, One of my biggest tools is email marketing. Um, So one of the apps that I love to use is called Klaviyo. Mm-hmm. Um, that's spelled K L A I Z. Wait, I think I'm spelling it wrong. <laughs> Let me, uh, it's K L A Z I Y O. Um, and so what that is, is an e-commerce marketing, um, app. Um, it's mm-hmm. not an app you can download on your phone, but it's something that you can connect into your Shopify store. Um, mm-hmm. I believe they also do big commerce as well. Um, but specifically to Shopify, uh, you know, because email represents 30% of my business. 
so, um, you know, when we were talking about earlier how, um, in, you know, social media is not your website, you don't own those followers, whereas with Clavio, this is where all, your, all those followers should be living. So if you have a newsletter or, or anything like that, this is the connector. So this is what would be sending out all your automated emails, your newsletters, your, um, your product-related emails, and even your, um, your sales-related emails. So this is a tool that will absolutely help grow your business um, because it's basically selling to the customers you already have. Mm. Um, so it creates, yeah, so it has abandoned carts, it has flows. You can create campaigns. Um, it's it's absolutely a it's an it's a robust system to use. The competitor I would say would be Mailchimp, um, mm. but Mailchimp unfortunately is divorcing Shopify. So you won't be I if you are your mail. Yeah, if you are uh, have a Shopify store and you're using Mailchimp, the connection will cease to uh, to work. Uh, in mid-May, so you'll need to either download another app to replace that, or you could just altogether move to another platform like Clavio. Hmm. Okay. Well, you guys, check yeah. out Clavio for sure. It sounds like a really good investment um, to make sure that, you know, like I said earlier, you don't own those Instagram or Facebook followers, so it sounds like a really good way to make sure that you are owning them and you are marketing to the people that matter the most to you. Yeah. So um, the next segment we're going to go into is called Ask a Boss. So if you guys have any questions about aspect of starting business, being motivated, or if you just want to say hello, you can shoot us an email at bossbarpod at gmail.com. This question comes from Tiffany in D.C., and she says, Hi, bosses. I have a successful T-shirt and accessories company. We have been in business for over three years. Originally, the majority of our sales came up from pop-up conventions and trade shows with much success. My business partner wants to switch our marketing plan to include social media influencers at the forefront. I am hesitant with this because I have heard horror stories of influencers keeping the product and not following through. But I do want to give it a try. Can you offer any advice or suggestions? Mm, that's a good one. Um, yeah. Well, first of all, that's a that's a great plan. That's something that's something that I tapped into early on in my business. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, but you know what? There's horror stories there as well. Um, I too have sent products to custom, to influencers, and I see them rocking it, and then they don't even tag us. So oh, wow. um, you know, there's always that chance. Um, but luckily, with t-shirts, it's not you know um the price points for t-shirts aren't that high so what i would do is i would look for people who fit um your brand voice um and then i would look for um i would look for companies or for influencers that um that fit that voice so Mm -hmm. i would look depending on what the product is so let's just say your t-shirt line is for i don't know say black queen so your t-shirt says black queen so Mm -hmm. i would go through the curated pages um, that are, you know, those page, uh, curated pages are the things that are just basically, they just highlight one thing. So let's just say if there's a black girls or queens page. So what they'll do is they'll repost girls who are using the hashtag black girl queen. Um, and so if you see someone that you'll, if you go through their content, you'll probably see someone that's posting consistently and posting at a really good quality. So then what you do is you reach out to them and, and, you know, you take a look at their page, make sure it fits with your voice. You reach out to them and say, hey, I would love to send you a T-shirt. Um, now, depending on if you have a budget for it, ask them for their rates. Um, I would ask them for their rates. Um, and if they say they don't have any, then, you know, maybe you create something so that there's something in writing that says, we are going to send you a T-shirt in exchange for X, Y, and Z. Um, and so uh, that's something that you could put together yourself. Now, in terms of the type of influencers you should be looking for, again, you have to be really, you have to look for someone that fits your brand voice. But what I don't want people to do is to go after those influencers that have a million followers. Mm-hmm. Those guys are going to cost you 20 grand, 30 grand. Like, those are the big ballers. What you want to do is you want to look for the people who are under 100K. Because one, they're still growing. They're looking for, they're looking to create new and great content, um, and they're consistent. Um, and so, I would look for people under 100k um, that are that fit your brand voice. 
I agree. I think it's really important just to do your research um, and also to be clear on your expectations. Be clear like, okay, you're getting this. This is kind of what we want. Lay them all out. I mean, you may have like a back and forth negotiations period where they're like, oh, I don't think this really is not something I want to do, but it's best to be very clear on what you want. Um, And like you said, make it make sense for your brand. If you are marketing T-shirts, you probably wouldn't want someone who uh, does something that is not related to the brand or the lifestyle that you – Like a makeup influencer. Yeah, that that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. So you want to make sure you, you, you're the person that makes it make sense. You draw that connection in that line because what may make sense to one person may not make sense to the other. So you're the one that is in control of, you know, drawing that narrative and putting that together. So um, hope that answers your question, Tiffany. Uh, we're getting ready to wrap up the show, but before you, we go, um, Vivian, you definitely have to answer this question. I ask this to everybody that comes on the show. Uh, what makes you a boss? Mm, what makes me a boss? Um, I would say the fact that I am myself and I'm not afraid to be that. Um, a lot of people seem to think once you become a boss that you need to fit a, you know, a, a specific look and feel and and talk and walk and all that. I just continue to be myself. Um, if you're into, if you're, if you're on Instagram, if you go and watch my Instagram stories, you'll see I am absolutely <laughs> myself, um, and that I'm not afraid to share what my what I know, and what, I'm not afraid to share my knowledge. So mm-hmm. what people don't, what people seem to forget is once they become bosses, is that you are part of a unique group of people who have done something that the rest that that the general population cannot do. Mm. Um, so it is your I believe it's your responsibility to share like your power in that is to share it. That's your power is to share your knowledge. Um, and so the fact that I'm not that I'm able to do that, I'm, I'm not afraid to do that because there's more than enough for everybody. If That's you're right. sitting there trying, if you think that you, you know, you're just going to sit there and just hoard all your knowledge and hoard everything, you know, listen, no one's asking you to tell the people what factory you use. That's not what they're asking. And if they are, then they don't know what kind of business, <laughs> I don't know what kind of business they're trying to run anyways. But, you know, if someone's asking questions like, you know, well, how, you know, how, how do I do uh, influencer marketing? How have you done it? Share your knowledge because there's more than enough for everybody. So mm-hmm. I think, by my sharing my knowledge and by me being myself and not being afraid to be me, I think that's my – and being vulnerable, especially being vulnerable. As a boss, if, you know, being vulnerable is a, is a, is a, is a huge thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's what makes me a boss. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, you're someone who's extremely inspiring. I've been following your journey for a while, probably – Probably, I would say definitely for the last six years I've been following what you've been doing. So kudos to you for uh, giving back, starting an empire, and just being about about your game. Like, it's really awesome. Um, before we Thank go, you. I do want to give you a chance just to plug yourself and all the awesome things you've been doing. So tell us about your website, how we can get to the hair. And, um, yeah, definitely I want to catch your show. So tell us about that, too. <laughs> Yeah, well, for hair, so my company is Kinky Curly Yaki. It's all one word. So it's spelled K-I-N-K-Y-C-U-R-L-Y-Y-A-K-I. You'll find us on Facebook, on the web, on Instagram. Um, so that's, that's the hair extension portion of the business. Um, and then with myself personally, um, I also do small business coaching for e-commerce brands. So what I do is alongside running Kinky Curly Yaki, I help e-commerce businesses fine-tune their Shopify backend, their operations, their branding, and their marketing to help them get to the next level. Um, now, this is something that I'm doing now because I've been there, done that. I've, I have all the receipts. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I find out that there's a lot of coaches that are out there that haven't actually run a business. Um, mm-hmm. And I have been running this business. I've run, this is my second business that I've run. I've been an entrepreneur full time for the last nine years. Um, I've been through it all. Um, and then on Wednesdays, I do a live Instagram uh, show on Instagram Live. I just said that, but I'll say it again. It's, okay. it's an Instagram Live show. Um, 
And so the show is called Mind Your Business with Vivian Kay. Um, so we talk about all things entrepreneurial. Uh, I, we answer, I answer questions. I often have guests on the show um, that are in the entrepreneur space. Uh, and then we tackle anything that anything and everything that's related to your business, your mindset, and your money. So that's every Wednesday uh, at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on my page. It's Vivian K. I T S V I V I A N K A Y E. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again for joining us uh, on the Boss Bar podcast. Uh, once again, you can find her products at www.kinkycurlyyaki.com. And like you said, she said, you can follow her on Instagram at It's Vivian K. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll catch you guys again next time. You've been listening to the Boss Bar Podcast, brought to you by Boss Up Magazine. Tune in each and every Thursday for an intimate conversation between emerging entrepreneurs and successful business owners. If you would like to have your business featured on the show or have a question you would like to ask the bosses, send us an email at bossbarpod at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week at the Boss Bar.